Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Welcome back. In light of the risk of Russia ceasing gas deliveries to the EU, particularly given Gazprom's current supposedly temporary shutdown of the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, energy security remains high on the agenda for several of our member stations. Considering how dependent the Czech Republic is on other countries for its energy supply, it is perhaps unsurprising that Prague has called an extraordinary meeting of the bloc's energy ministers for the 26th of July. There is no doubt that Czechia intends to use its time at the helm of the EU Council presidency to encourage solidarity between member states. But Prague is not the only capital with concerns. Politicians in many European countries are becoming increasingly anxious about the high potential for gas shortages during the upcoming winter. In an interview with Latvia's radio, the Czech Deputy Prime Minister Ivan Bartosz said that countries need to be prepared to share the limited resources they may have. In matter of fact, Czech Republic is in the end of all the pipelines. We are not transiting country for any resources. So it, the important thing is when there will be a shortage, and obviously, you know, we're talking 11-7, uh, uh, right, the shutdown, temporary shutdown of the North Stream, whatever it will be in the very end, we for sure be, will be short on, uh, on the supplies. Germany will be as well, the other countries as well. So the solidarity is when there are, you know, optional resources for the petrol, for the gas, it's not like who is first on the pipe, you know, uh, would, would uh, have 100% of the supplies and who is in the end, you know, would have to shut down the factory. So that's the thing that when I'm talking about the solidarity, it has to be we will also be able to share the pain or a little discomfort. In the meantime, Europe is hoping to avoid a cold, cold winter, in the words of Bing Crosby, by filling its gas storage facilities to at least 80% by the time the cold weather begins to bite. Slovenian Premier Robert Golob met with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Berlin on Tuesday. Acknowledging that this goal is very ambitious, Golob insists that it can be achieved with cooperation. RTV Slovenia reports. How to survive the winter without Russian gas and without forced reductions? The goal is very ambitious, but it is feasible if we work together, and I believe we will devote a lot more attention to this topic at future EU meetings. One thing that is unlikely to result from any of the upcoming meetings, according to Lithuania's energy minister, Dainius Krevis, is the inclusion of Russian gas in the seventh package of EU sanctions. Instead, Krevis notes to Jinurarias, it looks like Putin is going to cut off this gas revenue all by himself. It is likely that Russia will cut itself off. We probably won't need to, because what is the purpose of Russia cutting off gas? To cause unrest in Europe. Winter will come. The prices are sky high. Energy resources are the main source of inflation nowadays. Of course, in Lithuania, we also have a very fast wage growth. It is faster than productivity growth. But the biggest driver is energy resources. Putin hopes that shutting down the entire energy sector will lead to huge prices, restrictions in Europe, rising discontent, and that this will therefore reduce support for Ukraine. This is his goal. But not all member states are panicking. 
Piotr Müller, a spokesperson for the Polish government, said that Poland is safe in terms of gas supplies and reserves, though he stressed that the country may not be immune to price rises. Polski Radio covers the story. Our gas prices are regulated not only on the stock market between Poland and Norway, but also globally. And that is why Russia's actions here have an impact on the price of supplies coming from other places. But there is no risk to the gas safety of households. Supplies are guaranteed from the Norwegian side, there is domestic production, and there are deliveries via the LNG terminal. So we have a safety guarantee here. This week, Germany's Minister for the Economy and the Climate, Robert Habeck, was in Prague and Vienna. In both cases, it was all about energy, specifically energy solidarity and energy security. Though times are tough, Habeck believes we are experiencing a form of awakening, as he told a press conference in Vienna on Tuesday. He began by talking about the increased importance being placed on European cooperation across the bloc, and went on to highlight the silver lining of this crisis in terms of the climate. The second thing that goes hand in hand with this is that energy, which used to be devoured, is suddenly recognized as a precious commodity. Fossil fuels have a negative impact on global warming. Renewable energies are changing the natural environment and the landscape. These factors force us to use energy sparingly. Not with a, I'm not interested, it comes out of the socket and I don't have to worry about where the electricity or heat actually comes from kind of attitude. So, energy efficiency, saving energy, becoming more conscious of how to use energy is something that can be kept up beyond the present day. There is now a new alliance between climate protection and energy security. Tensions between Gazprom and its European customers are also causing alarm just outside the EU's borders, including in Moldova, which is almost completely reliant on natural gas from Russia. After the Republic of Moldova recently became an EU candidate country, there are fears that Gazprom could terminate its contract with Chisinau. The situation is further complicated by the separatist region of Transnistria on the left bank of the Dniester River, which proclaimed its independence from Chisinau 30 years ago and is governed by a pro-Russian regime. Moldovan energy expert Viktor Palikov tells Radio Romania that solutions are needed here urgently. Gazprom is now looking for ways to deliver gas to the Transnistrian region, no longer bound by the obligation to deliver gas to the right bank. It is important to have an alternative for gas deliveries to the right bank, to be able to bring in gas from elsewhere. In this sense, Azerbaijan is an alternative, but we must also consider the possibility of a humanitarian crisis breaking out in the Transnistrian region. If we buy gas from Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan will not deliver free gas to the left bank. But Transnistria's economy does not hold. They cannot afford to pay for gas. The whole Transnistrian region has the illusion of independence and of an economy, just because it does not pay for gas. We will see an increase in the imports of coal and wood as well. The demand for firewood is already huge. Everyone is preparing for winter and stockpiling wood now, in the summer. An emergency winter preparedness plan will be published by Brussels on the 20th of July, including measures to reduce demand and solidarity clauses to ensure that gas is delivered where it is most needed this winter. But should Gazprom fail to turn the Nord Stream tap back on, 
as promised, on the 21st of July, the plan could come into effect immediately. Finding alternative sources of energy remains the long-term goal for a combination of energy security and climate reasons. And to this end, the European Parliament's 6th of July decision to recognise nuclear energy as a transition energy source will enable more serious investments in this sector, socialist MEP Tsvetalina Penkova celebrated in an interview with BNR. Penkova would now like to see Bulgaria's unfinished and long-abandoned Belene project restarted. This is one of the sectors in which the EU, and especially Bulgaria, has a strategic advantage on a global scale. We have already gone halfway with the Belene nuclear power plant, and I believe we should press on with it, because the reactors are already available. Much of the certification process under European regulators has begun, and typically a project like this takes between 10 and 12 years. And on a related, yet slightly different note, BNR considers our future relationship with our wayward eastern neighbour. Looking to the past in an attempt to predict the future, the Bulgarian news network speaks to Kirill Martinov, editor-in-chief of Novaya Gazeta Europe, a newspaper that is now published in Europe after it was closed down in Russia. Martinov believes it will be a miracle if Russia limits its military action to Ukraine and, indeed, if we avoid a third world war. Assuming that Putin puts pressure on Lukashenko and he enters the war, then the task before him will be to cut Ukraine off, at least partially, from its border with Poland then eventually the Poles would be drawn into the war as a NATO member, with the alliance coming to the aid of its ally. This is an easy way World War III could start. I think today's Russia is more unpredictable and more aggressive than Brezhnev's USSR. There were still some institutional bodies there. The Politburo meeting in 1979 about getting troops into Afghanistan looks like an exemplary intellectual discussion compared to how they got troops into Ukraine. And on that slightly alarming note, I bid you farewell. Make sure you come back next week for another look around the Euronet Plus network. <laughs> <laughs>